You are tuned into the Dr. Tina Show with Dr. Tina Moore. For more, visit drtina.com. On this episode of the Dr. Tina Show, I'm going to be talking about hormones and menopause. I know I've done lots and lots of episodes about metabolism. I know I've talked about menopause a little bit, and I know I've talked about hormones at decent length on the show, but I wanted to put them all together because the other day I made a post on Instagram and I was using Dr. Ben uh, Beekman's voice over on the reel. And Dr. Beekman talks about how we don't actually have our metabolism slow down in menopause. And that didn't seem to hit well with everybody. <laughs> there was a lot of discourse. The reel kind of blew up. Uh, I got a lot of feedback on my stories and in my DMs. So I wanted to just talk about it here and try to make this succinct so that I can cover it. Maybe just put it all together for you in a way that makes sense. So when you go through menopause, it's a pretty commonly thought, it's a common myth that your metabolism is slowing down and that's why you're gaining weight. And it to say that women are gaining weight in menopause or are not gaining weight is not, that's not correct. They are. I fully acknowledge that weight gain is a part of menopause. In fact, I am living it. I am walking into perimenopause and I am definitely living the belly fat phenomenon. I get it. It's, I, I refer to it as the middle age middle. It's real and it is uh, frustrating as all heck. So I totally acknowledge that there is weight gain. I'm getting different body fat distribution than I've had in the past. No matter if I change things or not, I'm not changing volume of calories. I'm not changing uh, types of foods that I am eating. I am, I eat pretty darn good and I eat pretty clean. In fact, I've probably gotten more strict about keeping away ultra-refined carbohydrates. I, I tend to like chips. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a chip monster, so I just try not to bring them into the house very often. And I've been much more careful about my intake of seed oils and omega-6 oils out there, especially fried, you know, uh, oxidized oils. So to say that the weight gain part isn't real, that's not fair. And I fully acknowledge that. I think that's what was setting people off and starting the conversation. But what I am saying, and I agree with Dr. Binkman, is that we are not actually having a slowdown of our metabolism. So I want to explain, where is this fat coming from? If our metabolism isn't slowing down, and we're doing everything the same. And in fact, some of you are working harder than you did in your 30s. And I acknowledge you. I understand. But you're just having frustrating d deposits of fat and you can't get rid of this belly fat and the weight gain seems to be so much easier no matter what you do and you've got to be more and more careful. And maybe you are restricting carbohydrates more than you used to. Who knows? I want to tell you the struggle is real and this is why. We do have a shift in our hormonal milieu. We're not actually having our metabolism slow down though. The engine is still revving. One part of the metabolism that may be getting impacted though is partially hormonal and that would be a thyroid hormone situation. I firmly believe that all women over 40 years old should consider some dosage of thyroid hormone. And what I mean by that, and I talked about it in a podcast just a few podcasts ago, I did a whole episode on thyroid. I, please go back and listen to that. It's very informative and I, I dive deep. And there's going to be a part two to that as well. There's, there's more things I want to answer. Um, 
So I talk about it there, but we do start to have our thyroid putter out. I've noticed this clinically. I, women especially, but sometimes men as well. I mean, fair enough, like men as well will come in and their thyroid is just sort of puttering. Why is that? I don't know exactly. There's probably a lot of reasons. One is probably their adrenal glands are puttering because of stress. Lord knows we've had a lot of stress the past few years as well, but I found this to be true even prior to COVID. Um, Another reason might be that years of the way we've been living, that could be stress, that could be not prioritizing or respecting our sleep. It could be a lot of things, but the thyroid's like the canary in the coal mine, so it's going to show itself first. So when that thyroid function starts to dwindle a little bit, our metabolic processes are going to slow down, at least that I've seen clinically. I don't have data on this. This is just what I've seen clinically. And I have found clinically, and I saw a lot of patients in my time in practice, clinically a little bit of physiologic dosing of thyroid hormone was very helpful. And I go into the different types of thyroid hormone in the other episodes. So please go back and listen to that. We'll link it in the show notes for you. So anyway, a little bit of thyroid issue could be contributing to a bit of a slowdown of your metabolism. That's fair. So yes, in that regard, as we age, our metabolism may be slowing down, but it's not like your metabolism just one day decides to slow down. It has a cause and that root cause would be a thyroid. What's the root cause of that thyroid dysfunction? That's a whole other conversation. It comes down to the way you live, the way you've been living, the way you live now. We can't always turn that ship all the way around. And that's no matter how much we clean it up, especially after 40, things get harder, right? We've done some damage to ourselves. And so that's where I say a little bit of thyroid hormone can be just a godsend for people. I mean, truly a godsend, you guys. Please go back and listen to that episode and then figure out how to find someone to work with who will get you some because it is a miserable existence when my thyroid falls apart on me. It is miserable and it creates an untouchable apathy and depression that I can't even explain. And I've seen it in so many countless patients, including a lot of musculoskeletal pain. And so when we get that working better, man, people feel better. Okay. So there's one aspect. The other aspect is that metabolically things may be moving along the same but the hormonal milieu has shifted because of the perimenopause and the menopause, that is going to contribute to fat gain. When our estrogen dips, we will tend to pack on more fat. So estrogen is a funny hormone. Too much of it makes you fat. Too little of it makes you fat. And if you've ever heard Dr. Carrie Jones talk about hormones, if you haven't, go back and we'll link the episode. She was on this podcast. She's an amazing friend and amazing source of knowledge. Great Instagram account all about hormones as well. So go follow her. But she talks about how it's a Goldilocks effect. And so it's just right. We need things just right. We don't want too much. We don't want too little. Same thing with progesterone. A lot of folks walking around with low progesterone. In fact, so much so that when I see low thyroid, I always see low progesterone. I rarely see those two not synced up. So there's something there, right? Low progesterone and high progesterone can both also similarly present as the same or similar symptom picture. So it's really about finding just that perfect balance. And this is why I want to encourage everybody to not try to sort this out on your own. 
we have this whole fad right now and I'm contributing to it because here I am teaching you guys, right? I'm, I'm on YouTube, I'm on Instagram, I'm on my podcast and I'm giving you information and then people go out, they find some of these things over the counter. Maybe they find a thyroid supplement, which I'm not opposed to. I'm not opposed to dosing yourself with thyroid supplements that maybe have a little thyroid glandular in them. Uh, that might be enough for a lot of people. I'm not opposed to folks using over-the-counter progesterone because it's over-the-counter. It's it's a pretty darn safe, safe hormone. I'm not keen on people finding estrogen online and using it because I don't think estrogen is entirely the safest hormone unless it's monitored. We want to make sure it's going down the correct pathway. It can go down pathways we don't want, which are cancer-promoting. I don't think a lot of people know that. And so they find a topical estrogen cream online, or maybe maybe they find it even over the counter and they start applying it and, you know, things can get messy. And in fact, what I've seen most often with that is people start self-dosing and they actually gain weight. And the whole point of them using it was to lose weight. So don't get yourself in that pickle. Work with somebody who knows what they're doing. Not everyone knows what they're doing. Find somebody. You may have to travel. You'll probably have to pay out of pocket. Uh, don't assume because they're a holistic or functional or a physician or naturopathic physician that they have any clue how to do hormones. None of that's taught in school. That's all extra stuff that they have to go out and master. And then they got to practice on some people to see if it works. So anyway, all that to say, as your estrogen is dipping in perimenopause and menopause, it starts to get real aberrant in perimenopause. The thing about perimenopause is like, you basically, uh, and Carrie Jones has described it this way, I, I believe this is where I'm stealing this from. It's almost like you're back to being a teenager because things are like, woo, because if that egg doesn't drop that month, you're not going to get your progesterone surge. You're not going to get your estrogen where it needs to be. Our testosterone's doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I'll do a whole other episode about why women in particular need testosterone too, but it, it gets a little wonky and it can be uncomfortable. And I am living it right now, currently in perimenopause. I'll tell you a few things that really help this be a much easier uh, path to journey though in just a second. So estrogen's dipping, belly fat and fat accumulation in weird areas starts happening. So that is totally real. And your insulin is playing a huge role here. Insulin resistance is probably the number one problem in this country and it has exported itself across the world. Insulin resistance is where your cells are no longer hearing the insulin that is signaling to let the glucose in. Insulin's like a lock and key mechanism with your cell. Your cell runs on glucose. That glucose cannot get into the cell or be shuttled into the cell without insulin opening the lock and letting the, the glucose through. That's a simple way to put it. When we have too much insulin in the system, because we have actually too much blood sugar, we're, we're ingesting too many ultra-refined carbohydrates, we're drinking high fructose corn syrup, this is society, not me. Um, people are overdosing themselves on refined carbohydrates and high fructose corn syrup, and so they've got an excess of glucose in the blood, the pancreas freaks out and says, oh my gosh, we've got to shuttle insulin to the scene, and so... Insulin comes, get, starts getting pumped out of the pancreas. It shows up. The cells are like, yo, we, we're good. We got a lot going on here. You are flooding us with insulin. Stop with all the glucose consumption. We're going to start cleaving off receptors, insulin receptors, because we have too much in the, the blood supply. Insulin is pro-grow, meaning it will promote muscle growth. It'll promote cancer growth. It's pro-grow. It's the, think of it like fertilizer. 
We don't want too much of it. You get a surge of it after you strength train, for instance, because it helps you build muscle. But when you're bathing in insulin all day because you're eating a garbage diet, you're really doing yourself a disservice and all kinds of bad things happen. Your fat cells start hoarding fat in a form that isn't readily burned, which is not good. Think of it like a bouncer that lets people in the club but won't let them back out. So your fat cells start filling up. Your fat cells start preferentially taking the caloric intake and putting it in the fat cells instead of using it as fuel because the cells that that need it for fuel are cleaving off their insulin receptors because there's too much of it out there. So now the cells think they're starving and the signal back to the brain is that the cells are starving. So you eat more, you get fatter, you feel worse. Your brain starts to shrink and you actually start to get this sort of apathy about you. It's real. And any of you listening to this who knows someone who's going through this in a more severe state, like some of the elderly folks in our lives, uh, knows what I'm talking about. They, they literally start to get apathetic. Their brains are literally shrinking. 90, okay, so in 2018, a study showed that 94% of U.S. adults were cardiometabolically busted. And that was in 2018. That was 2018 data that came out in 2021. Imagine what it's like now post-pandemic where people have, I think in the first year, people admitted to gaining at least 24 pounds. Uh, the rates of childhood type 2 diabetes doubled from 2020 to 2021, according to a Kaiser study. So insulin resistance is a huge problem and it is a problem for the bulk of U.S. adults. So if you're listening to this, you probably have some level of insulin resistance unless you're keeping a tight check on it and you are strength training regularly and you're doing all the things I say to do all the time, right? So you see the problem. We have a big problem and insulin resistance leads to a whole host of other issues. Most chronic degenerative lifestyle diseases are due to insulin resistance as an underlying driving mechanism and insulin resistance makes you fat. So we've got that happening for most middle-aged people. And then on top of it, their hormones are shifting. And that whole metabolic dysfunction picture makes your hormones go wackadoo. So your hormones are not going to be balanced no matter what you do unless your metabolic health is in good check. And that's really hard to get in check if your hormones are not in check. You see it's kind of a vicious cycle. So we have to do all the things. It's not just like, oh, I'm going to go low carb or, oh, I'm going to lift just lift weights or, oh, I'm just going to quit. Uh, eating high fructose corn syrup. Like we have to do all the things that includes sleep. It includes, you know, really prioritizing your sleep. It includes strength training. It includes mitigating stress. It's a huge one, especially in middle age. I have found personally, and I think this is true from what I've seen in my patient base as well, that it gets harder to mitigate your stress as you get a little bit older. Um, we, we tend, I feel like I have a bit more Jedi power as I have hit middle age, like I can remain calm under more pressure than I could before. But the ability to maintain that for extended periods of times or to endure massive levels of stress for extended periods of time, I am losing that ability. Or maybe I just am not tolerating it. Like I don't want to, or maybe my body isn't tolerating it because it can't. But I find that these tolerance bands are getting shorter and shorter. Some of it's physiologic and out of my control. And some of it's just because I don't, I'm just don't care. (laughs) After 40, there's a lot of things you stop caring about so much. So all that to say, that picture coming together, I see a lot of middle-aged women kind of giving up 
right? They're just kind of at capacity. And I get it. Their kids are grown. Their kids are leaving the house. Maybe they've been married for a long time. Maybe their husbands let their bodies go to pot. And so the wife's like, well, why should I stay hot and sexy if my husband's not going to take care of himself? I mean, there's so many reasons. Maybe there's illness. Maybe there's a massive amount of stress. Stress impacts us all differently. Some of us shrink when we're stressed out of our minds and some of us expand. And the last few years have been extremely stressful for people. So I totally get it. I'm not judging anyone. I'm just trying to explain different nuances how I would explain to my patients. I do think one big factor is that I find a lot of middle-aged women are over-exercising. They are doing Orange Theory. They're doing CrossFit. They are metabolically driving it way too hard. And a very common thing that I have had to say to patients is I need you to actually back off. And they think, what? The more calories I burn, the better weight loss I'll have. And I'm like, no, you're actually driving it too hard. And I live this. When I do too many kettlebell swings, when I do too metabolic of a workout, if I do them too consistently, meaning my heart rate's high and I'm sweating bullets and I'm like out of breath, that kind of workout is not great for middle-aged women. But we can't have this sort of lollygag exercise all the time either. It's not a like, oh, we'll just walk and do yoga. I'll do some bar I'll do some Pilates. Like we actually have to strength train and lift heavy shit too. So it's a balance and it's different for each person. I don't have a recipe for you because, oh, you're 45, so do this exactly. We're all different. I have the adrenal glands of a, you know, they're like little piles of dust sitting atop my kidneys. So since I don't have any, and my husband has the most giant adrenal glands and such a high level of vitality, he can endure so much more than I can. And he handles stress in an entirely different way than I do. So it's this isn't a comparison game. We have to find out what our sweet spot is. I have found strength training to be a really great panacea across the board because you can adapt according to what you need. If you need to lay down in between sets, lay down. If you want more of a metabolic workout, lift weights faster. If you want a higher load on the body, lift heavier weights. If you are totally petered out and you've got, you know, POTS, meaning a postural orthostatic hypotension. Post-COVID, this is a big deal with long COVID, right? People are coming out with POTS. Very common, not new phenomenon strictly with COVID. Lots of us have been dealing with this for decades then you can do less sets, less reps, less weight. There's all different ways to add variation into your strength training program. And if you find a good strength and conditioning coach who will listen to you, who has experienced training folks your age, it's not everybody can train a 45-year-old, 55-year-old, you know, 40 plus, I should say, a master's. When we hit 40, we're a master's athlete. Not everyone can train a master's athlete. Find someone who knows how to train older folks and explain to them what your boundaries are. And you may not even know because maybe you've never embarked on fitness before. But I'm telling you, if you go into menopause without muscle mass on your body, you're going to be in big, big trouble and you're not going to make it out the other side very well. I've seen this time and time again. The folks who walk into it having trained for it, this is why I did a whole episode called Training for Menopause. You can go back and listen to it. We'll link it up in the show notes. If you're not training actively for menopause, I started at 40 because I did not want to go through what my mother went through. She didn't have a nice menopause. It wasn't fun for her. It wasn't fun for any of us. And uh, it really it, it, it really threw her off course. And 
I, it, it didn't look fun for her. It looked miserable. And I, my heart went out. I love my mom. I didn't like seeing her go through that. So I started training for menopause at 40, packing on muscle, because I know that muscle is going to keep my metabolism as sound as possible. That is the ticket to a sound metabolism. By the way, you don't get to have metabolic flexibility and good metabolic health without adequate muscle mass. And you don't get to have that without training for it several times a week. That's the non-negotiable here. So you've got your metabolic health in check because you've got your muscle mass in check. That means your hormones are going to be so much happier and well-balanced as you go through this change and this shift in life. And this should be an empowering shift, not a disempowering. This is crone energy, you guys. I have looked forward to this my entire life. When my hair went silver, I cannot tell you how happy I was. I was like, I have achieved my evil supervillain status. (laughs) I joke, but I've always joked that I was going to be an evil supervillain someday. When you get when you're trying to tell the truth in the world and you're trying to tell people how to take care of themselves and the world is attacking you for it, trust me, you turn into a little bit of a supervillain. So anyway, I, I say this in jest, but I have been looking forward to these days for my whole life. And there's no reason why you can't have a beautiful figure and a healthy libido and a great sex life and fill out your clothes beautifully. And the best part is, is you've got this age and this wisdom about you. So you just give less Fs about things, which is super great. After 40, I'm like, oh, I don't care. Um, you, th- you know, you get a thick skin emotionally, probably thin skin physically. And yeah, there are bumps. There's there's collagen changes and wrinkles and um, aches and pains and injuries. Just all kinds of things are constantly happening. And I could gripe about it and I could really dwell on it. But man, it sure is better than being a scattered, insecure, freaked out 20-year-old. I will take it. I love my crone energy. I love these days. I love the power that it brings. And I'm so happy to be in my ultimate power because I take really good physical care of my body and I train for it. I train two to three times a week with weights and I have a coach. So he helps program me, meaning going about this by yourself can be done. Yes, absolutely. It does help. Uh, if you're like me, I overtrain. I'm a type A. I will overtrain myself into injury. So it does help me to have a coach. Not everybody can access a coach. I understand. I work really hard so that that's a priority for me in my budget. And it's something I've had for a long time. And I think of it as being far more important than my health insurance any day. So I really don't want to take any pharmaceuticals. Um, my, my health costs are my food and my training. Do you ever find yourself with that midday energy slump, feeling tension in your head and tightness in your upper back and neck from sitting at your desk too long? Yeah, me too. I used to chalk it up to desk fatigue and I'd often find myself going for a walk to find coffee and often craving something sweet. I was recently gifted some samples of Element by my buddy Rob Wolf. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means lots of salt with no sugar. In the past, I've only really used electrolytes when I sauna. I decided to give it a try in the afternoon instead of reaching for my regular cup of coffee. And holy smokes, it's been a game changer. I've noted significant improvement in my energy levels and brain clarity, along with less tightness in my muscles and my head. I've teamed up with Element and they've been gracious enough to offer my listeners at the Dr. Tina Show a free gift with purchase. 
The free gift element sample pack includes one packet of every flavor. This is the perfect offer for anyone who's interested in trying all of their flavors. My personal favorite is the raspberry salt. They offer a no questions asked refund policy on all orders and you don't even have to send the product back. This offer is exclusively available to Dr. Tina Show listeners. So be sure to use the link in the show notes and take advantage of it now. Head to the link drinkelement.com forward slash Dr. Tina. That's drinklmnt.com forward slash Dr. Tina. I want to encourage you, if you've never picked up a weight in your life, I want to encourage you to find somebody to help you learn how to pick that up safely and what to do with it. I want you to start training so that you have the best muscle mass walking in so that this hormonal shift that you go through is as manageable as possible. Muscle also helps you burn fat. So that's not only going to help you metabolically, but it's going to help you keep some of that fat off. Now we're going to have some fat changes and distribution and all that, whatever, it's fine. I don't need to look like a 25-year-old in a bikini. I just want to look hot for 50 in a bikini. It's cool. you know. I want to be able to put on my clothes and feel comfortable in my skin and know that I did everything I could to maintain a nice figure. Yes, there is some vanity here. People get offended when I say that. I don't know why. Everybody likes looking good naked. Who, who wouldn't want to look good naked? I mean, I want to look good naked. I want to look good for my husband. I want him to look good. I want us to have, you know, a great uh, intimacy life. I, I want to have a good, strong libido. I'll tell you this, when a patient would come in and they would have all kinds of things wrong with them, you know, maybe they had like Lyme disease or something even more severe, right? If they were not sleeping and had a low libido, I was like, oh no, this is going to be really, really hard. If they had a great libido and they were sleeping well, it was usually so easy. Even if it was something severe, it was so much easier to manage. And your sleep will come with the activity. I understand that hormonal shifts definitely can contribute to night sweats and all that, but my night sweats and my sleep is so much worse if there's any alcohol involved, if I've been eating carbohydrates or I haven't been sticking to my diet, man, things can get bad fast. It's very noticeable. That's what I'm saying. I have like shorter tolerance bands. Like I don't really get to veer off the path very far before the universe smacks me back in. Uh, When I was younger, I could just abuse my body all day and, you know, get up at 8 a.m. and or 7 a.m. and go to class and it was fine. But that's just not, <laughs> it's not happening anymore. So yes, metabolically, you should not be having your metabolism slow down just because you're aging. But yes, there are hormonal shifts that will contribute to fat deposition and weight gain. And yes, there might be some sluggish thyroid happening that is going to contribute to perhaps some metabolic slowdown. All of this will be made significantly worse by insulin resistance. And that insulin resistance will be made significantly worse if you don't have muscle mass. If you have muscle mass, you create a ton more GLUT4 receptors, which bind the insulin and mop up the blood sugar. We need muscle to mop up the blood sugar and to bind that insulin and to get it out of circulation. When that's happening normally and in a healthful way, your pancreas will stop cranking out the insulin and you'll stop bathing your body in it. So insulin resistance is 100% reversible. It is only reversible by lifestyle. There's no medication for this. There's nothing that's gonna make this better. Ozempic is not the answer. Ozempic actually screws up your insulin response. That's what no one's talking about. I'm gonna do an episode on how bad Ozempic is uh, later. 
I'm actually interested in trying it at a very low dose because I just want to see what it does to you. But man, what I'm looking for and what I'm seeing in the literature is like it really screws up insulin sig- signaling and that's already the big problem. So hopefully that all makes sense and ties it all together. And let's bring it back to simple actionable items, which is you have to strength train. That's step one to making all of this run better is strength training. Step two, you have to get adequate protein in. I'm a big fan of about a gram per pound of body weight. I like beef in particular or other ruminant animals. They have more stomachs. They can process food and make it much more bioavailable. And they don't turn bad fats into more bad fats. They actually process it in a way that makes things much better on our bodies and in our cells. Monogastric animals like chickens and pigs don't have that. So I'm a big fan of the ruminant animals. I like beef. It's easy to access. I like ground beef a lot. It's very easy to digest on my stomach. I have some stomach issues. And it also has all the cartilage and you know the bits, the parts that we don't like to chew on. I don't like to chew on that stuff. I, I don't like gristle and cartilage. It grosses me out. The fat, um, but that's all ground into the ground beef. And so you're getting the benefit of all of this other tissue, these soft tissue of the animal that we really do need for our joints and our health. Um, It comes in the ground beef, which is, to me, honestly, I would prefer a good ground beef, a tasty good ground beef over a steak most days. It's just really easy to get down and... I eat about a pound of beef a day if I'm being if I'm being good. I do not count my macros. I do not count my calories. A lot of people ask me that. I have never done that. I think that leads to eating disorder or disordered eating. I try to hit my protein goals. That's it. That's my only goal. I try to hit my protein goals. I keep garbage out of my mouth as much as possible. I really try to avoid seed oils. I might go have french fries when I'm out once in a while. I inevitably regret it. It gives me a stomach ache. It makes me feel bad. Makes me feel sluggish, makes me gain weight, makes me break out. So I stay away from that garbage. You don't want your cells actually turn into the fats that you eat. That should be enough for all of you to hear. Whatever fats you're eating, if you're eating garbage fats, that's what your cells are turning into. That is the lipids that your cells are using to build their their bilayer, their cellular membrane. So your brain is made out of fat, your Nerve sheaths are made out of fat. Your cells are made out of fat layer, fat, you know, fatty lipid bilayer. And if you're eating a high omega-6 diet, garbage oils, seed oils, then that's what your cells are being created out of. And it takes time to overturn those. So you can, you can eventually replace them all with good healthy ratios of nines and threes and other healthy sources of fat. But man, people who eat garbage all day literally are garbage. Like their cells are made out of garbage. It's really, I'm not saying that to disrespect anyone. That's just what it is. You literally are what you eat. That's true. So strength train, keep your insulin in check so you don't end up in an insulin resistant state because that's going to drive you to gain more weight and it's going to make your hormones worse and it's going to make your thyroid work less well even if you're taking thyroid medication. That's the caveat. If you're taking thyroid medication but you're not doing all the things, you know, all the things we talk about on the show, then the thyroid's not going to work so well. The hormone's not going to really do it. You're still going to bonk and feel crummy. So I say this all with love because I'm living it. I'm with you. I am in the middle of it. Andropause is the almost exact same mechanism in men as menopause is in women and andropause is real, yo. It is real. I see it in men every single day. And I'm seeing these things impact humans younger and younger and younger. I'm hearing about menopause in 30-year-olds. It's bad. There are other reasons for that that we won't get into. But 
All that to say, your metabolism is not slowing down as you age. It is your lifestyle that is probably slowing your metabolism down. So we will end with that. I'll be back next week. I appreciate you all for listening. If you like this show, I would love if you would rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast player, as well as on YouTube. I am trying to get every episode up into YouTube and we're working on the backlog. So lots more to come there. Find me on YouTube, subscribe, and be notified first when we release a new episode each week. And I appreciate y'all for being here. If you guys need some extra help in all of this, I have a wonderful resource for you. I have a free guide that you can head to my website at drtina.com. You'll find it right there. There's a button you can click. It's called Assess Your Metabolic Health, and it'll get you started on figuring out where you are metabolically. It's actually the diagnostic criteria that doctors use to diagnose metabolic syndrome. And while I'm not in any way, shape, or form trying to diagnose you, this is for educational purposes only, it's a really good place to start so that you have an understanding of where you stand. And then from there, that's just one guide within a whole toolkit that I have available called the Metabolic Revamp Toolkit. It's inexpensive and it's a full set of PDFs, an ebook, a recipe guide. I talk about how all about how I eat so many great guides and tool kits and cheat sheets in there. So you can grab that on my website as well. And that should get you started in all of this so that you have a better understanding because my goal is to empower you so that you do not succumb to what most of America is succumbing to. We actively have to fight this because we are swimming in it. And if we don't actively pursue good metabolic health, it will slip away. This is a battle, especially as we age. We lose muscle mass very, very fast. It's called sarcopenia. It is real. So head to my website at drtina.com and you'll find all the tools and resources there. And I'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to The Dr. Tina Show. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Tina, that's D-R-T-Y-N-A and Dr. Tina 2.0, as well as visit my website at drtina.com. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and mixed by Chris McCone. The theme song is by John the Guilt. As always, you can email the show at podcast at drtina.com. And if you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. See you next week. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practices of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. I am a doctor, but I am not your doctor. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and the materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content on this podcast is intended not to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice from any medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. Do you suffer from IBS or other digestive issues? Are you looking for a new podcast to listen to? From the producer of The Dr. Tina Show comes the all-new health and nutrition podcast, Digest This, hosted by Bethany Ugardi. You may know Bethany as the face of the popular Instagram page, Lil Sipper, or you may have even read her book. Now you can find her wherever you get your podcasts. On Digest This, Bethany examines topics such as gut health, nutrition, the food industry, and highlights specific ingredients that can be beneficial or harmful to your gut health. She also explores non-toxic options in beauty, home, and cooking essentials. If it has to do with your health, Digest This is talking about it. Each episode features an interview with health experts, doctors, and wellness advocates and delivers you information that is... Well, easy to digest.
Bethany also delivers a weekly segment every episode called Bite of Knowledge, where she highlights an ingredient commonly used in food, skincare, household cleaning, you name it, and gives you the lowdown on the benefits or dangers that ingredient might have in your everyday life. From Botox, potassium, olive oil, and magnesium, all the way to those ingredients you can barely pronounce on the back of your cereal boxes, Bethany has you covered. There's a reason why it debuted at number two on Apple Podcast Nutrition Charts. Check out Digest This on your favorite podcast app. New episodes every Monday and Wednesday. Produced by Drake Peterson and Resonant Media.